Do you know that from your position, you can change your situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shegun Obaji as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. I said amen. amen. Hallelujah. See, for some people, mortar Guinness makes them feel good. Amen. You see, worship makes me feel good. Amen. I feel good. I know that I would now. So good. <laughs> you know, worship makes me feel good. Amen. Just worshiping God and blessing Him. Praise God. Glory to God. Amen. All right, let's go into the word. Amen. Let's go into the word. Hallelujah. Mm. We've been considering profiting by the word of God. Amen. Last week, what did we consider? Talk to me. What did we consider last week? Oh. Amen. What was it that we considered last week? Profiting by the word. Amen? (laughs) It's like the word of God has so mingled with our spirits that our memories cannot catch up with what is happening (laughs) in our spirits. Praise God. It's it's awesome, isn't it? Praise God. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. All right. We still want to consider uh, profiting by the word. We're going to look at it from another angle. Amen. God's word has been given unto us to profit by, right? Yes, we profit by God's word. The Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. Is profitable. That, it, that means it's got something to offer. It has something to offer. Amen? There's something in God's word to offer you. There's something for you in the word of God. You can profit in your finances, profit in your career, profit in your marriage, profit in your ministry, profit in all you set your hands upon to do by the word of God. Because God's word has been given unto us to profit by. Amen? So we can profit by the word of God. Can someone say amen to that? Glory to God. I want you to cons- I want us to consider the scripture today in James 1 and verse 22. The word of God says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, so you don't deceive your own selves. Amen. Be ye doers. Let's all say doers. You see that? Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, so you don't deceive your own selves. That means the one who hears the word and does not put it to work, put it to practice. He cannot profit by that word. In fact, biblical faith is faith that demands action. Faith that produces action. Faith that creates action. He says, show me your faith without your works. And he says, I will show you my own faith by my works. 
Notice he didn't say with my works. He says by my works. That means by what I do, I can show you what I believe. If you believe the word of God, then it will show in your action, the way you talk, the way you carry yourself, the way you think, the word of God will be revealed. Conviction cannot be hidden. Conviction cannot be hidden. You can't hide it. Praise God. Tell your neighbor, say, you can't hide your conviction. Amen. You see, if you believe in mediocrity, just get into talking with the person who believes in mediocrity. In no time, that mediocrity will surface. Hallelujah. It will manifest. Glory to God. Immediately, it will. Amen. It will. You see? Amen. Yeah. If we are good, say amen. Amen. All right. So I, I can continue, right? Can you all hear me? Beautiful. Amen. <laughs> you see? So how do you know someone truly believes in something? How do you know? Talk to me. How do you know? Yes. How do you know? Talk to me, church. By his actions. What he does. What he says. How he thinks. See, I'm considering action on three levels. Thoughts, words, or conversation, and then deeds. See? That means if you truly believe in something then you think along that line. You do not accommodate thoughts that are contrary to your convictions. You do not say words that are contrary to your convictions. You do not take steps in action that are contrary to your convictions. Why? Because it's a conviction. That's what you will do at any point in time. Praise the Lord. That's conviction. See? And the truth is, uh, you cannot really influence people so much until you begin to act out your convictions. People of convictions are persuasive. They are influential. People of convictions are dictators. When I say dictators, I don't mean tyrannical dictatorship. I mean they command the environment. They are commanders. They dictate the pace of happenings. Find a man of conviction coming to a place. All right? He says, you ask him, do you eat? No, I don't take this. Do you do this? No, I don't do this. You know? And then somehow people begin to notice him. This guy is strange. Why does he talk the way he talks? Why does he think the way he thinks? Why does he do the, the things he does? Amen. In no time, he will have followers. That's the truth. In no time, he will have followers. Before you, you can say Jack Robinson, one person, another person, and then another person is calling him or her. He's our mentor. That's my mentor. He's a person of conviction. 
Amen. I said amen. How did they call the believers, the early believers? How did they notice them in their community? Why do, did they call them Christians? Why did they call them Christians? Amen. Anybody who can tell me why? Amen. Their actions, their attitudes, their perception to life was different. It was very much like Christ. It was Christ-like. So they called them Christians. Christ-like people. Glory to God. See? So my point is, persuasion is not void of action. You cannot be fully persuaded and not act in line with your conviction or persuasion. It's not possible. Look at Abraham, for example. God said to him, I have made you a father of many nations. That was what God said to him, right? I have made you a father of many nations. The Bible says, before whom he believed. Even God, who quickened the dead and called those things that be known as though they were. Let's go to that scripture, Romans chapter 4. Let's start reading from verse 17 very quickly. All right? Can we read verse 17? Is on the screen. One, two, three, let's go. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed. Even God who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. Now note this. Abraham believed God, right? Talk to me. Did he believe God? The Bible says he believed God. What did he believe? God said to him that he had made him the father of many nations. He believed what God said to him. He believed it. Now, look at the man of faith. Having believed, look at what happened thereafter. Verse 18. Who against hope believe in what? You see that? That means Abraham began to have a special kind of hope that was against the natural kind of hope. You see, according to the flesh, naturally, he didn't have the ability to impregnate his wife anymore. The wife could not conceive anymore. She had passed menopause. But you see, because Abraham had believed God, he began to have a special kind of hope. <laughs> Glory to God. It says, who against hope believed in what? Hope. Against the natural hope, he believed in the supernatural hope of God's word that said, I have made you a father of many nations. Look at it. That he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall I see it be. Look at verse 19. You will love this. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. He did not consider it. You see, faith can be seen. Faith is visible. If you say you are in faith and you believe God concerning anything and your faith cannot be seen through the way you carry yourself, or by the way you carry yourself, what you say, and what you do, you have not truly believed. And being not weak in faith, he considered not. Was that a choice? No, talk to me. Was that a choice? Did God, it wasn't that God considered not for him, his body at that time dead. He considered not. Excuse me, was that a choice? Oh, come on, talk to me, church. Was that a choice? That was a choice Abraham made. 
Because he believed God. That means, you see, he began to consider not the things that were contrary to his faith, his conviction, his persuasion. He considered them not. Not that they were not there. He chose not to look at them. Oh. Amen? They were there. They were facts. His body was at that time weak and dead. He considered not his body. At that time, weak and dead. No, he did not consider it. When he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Praise God. If you're in faith for something and somebody is involved in your faith, is in the picture of your faith. If the person is not believing, you have to believe for the person. Yeah. The Bible says, by faith, Abraham. And then it says, through faith, Sarah. It didn't say by faith, Sarah. It says through faith. It was through Abraham's faith. She she doubted God, didn't she? She did. (laughs) So it was through faith. It was through Abraham's faith. Oh. The man was, was in charge. So he considered not. Now, show me your considerations. I will tell you where your faith is. If you are considering the economy and you say to me that you are believing God for increase, you are not in faith. It's, it's frank. Don't deceive yourself. Go and sit down and get it right. All right? If you are considering how people are feeling and how they will not move to the next level, though you are preparing for an exam and believing that God will move you to the next level. All right? You are not believing God for anything. Be frank. <laughs> Praise God. See, when, when, you, when you come to that place of believing, the Bible says with the heart a man believes unto righteousness. It is with the heart that a man believes, not with one's head. You don't believe with your head. Romans 10 and verse 10. You don't believe with your head. You believe with what? Your heart. Now, how do you get to believe with your heart? You meditate on God's word until it gets into you. Meditation gives access, entrance to the word of God, into your heart. Into your heart. God's word can come in as you meditate on it. And when God's word touches your heart, and then your heart conceives the word of God, faith is born. (laughs) You just tell people concerning that issue, it's a done deal. But do you have the money? <laughs> That's not the issue. Concerning that very thing, though, is a done deal. Because, you see, this is not your head trying to capture God's word because your head cannot. All right? The mind cannot capture the word of God. The mind cannot believe God's word. The mind can only think, rationalize, and analyze the word of God. Amen? Understanding is of the mind. Faith is of the spirit. Faith is of the heart. See? Believe it. Persuasion. Glory to God. Go back to that Romans 4. Amen? Look at verse 19. 19. 
and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Listen, at that moment, his body was dead. True or false? I mean, his body could not produce anymore. True or false? Very true. But you see, he considered not. So faith has a way of saying things. When you're in faith, your perspective changes. Faith will change your perspective to life. You see, when you sit beside people who are not in faith concerning this country, when they begin to talk about this country, you realize that their perspective is always in the negative. True or false? How that things are not working and how that things will not work anymore. Amen. How that people are dying and more people will yet die. Amen. And then they keep saying the negative. Saying the negative. Praise the Lord. But you see, this is what the word of God says. A land is not blessed because of its name. A land is not blessed because of its situation. A land is blessed because of its inhabitants. You see, take all the lecturers from OAU. Take all the students away. All right? And then leave that place. No non-academic staff. No academic staff. No research going on. Nobody's coming into his or her office. Amen. No student in the hostels. No lectures going on in the lecture theaters. Amen. And then leave that place for one month. And then come back there after and see the place. Amen. It tells you that the blessing upon the land is not the land itself. It's inhabitant. And let me tell you this. People talk about Israel, the land of Israel. That land is blessed, it's blessed, it's blessed. Listen very carefully. Let me tell you something. Look up, everybody. Look up. Get this. That land is blessed, it's blessed, it's blessed. Yes, it is blessed. But note that before Israel came in to that place, amen, the land was inhabited by unbelievers, true or false. Idol worshippers, true or false. People who were cursed because of their wrong practices. But you see, when the blessed of God came in, amen, the land became blessed because God's blessed people came into that land. Are you listening to me? Amen. I said amen. In my part one. I'm sharing this testimony because I believe there are some freshers here. It will help you. I just stepped into OAU campus. The first person that greeted me said to me, this place will produce for you. I said, amen. The second person that greeted me said, <laughs> welcome to hell. He said, look at that White House there. The fear of White House is the beginning of wisdom. I said, no, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Praise God. See? And then I kept hearing, there was another one that came and said, <laughs> just believe God for an E. In Mass 101, 102, all those Mass, all those White House courses, they should call that place Black House, not White House. There's nothing white about it. Now he was recounting his own his terrible experiences. Amen. And then he said this, and he said that, and he said that, and he said this, and he said that. Amen. Then the first person I met said to me, he said, 
I managed to score a 75A in Mass 101 and then 80 something A in Mass 102. And then in my vector, I managed to score 80 something. But I'm still looking for that person that will take it a little bit further. Amen. I said you found the right person. Amen. And then I went to pray. God gave me the scripture. Proverbs 4 and verse 18. The path of the just is as what? A shining light. It shines what? Brighter and brighter even unto the perfect day. Amen? Yeah. The path of the just is as a shining light. Glory to God. What's the path of the just like? That was my motto. I, I went out by that word. Everything I did was by that word. Glory to God. That was my motto. And then we did Mass 102. Mass 101, I managed to score, I think, 84. Amen. And then Mass 102, I managed to score 100 over 100. <laughs> I'm just helping your faith. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> you see? And then in Vector, I managed to score 98. Alright? Anytime I pass through that White House, I just look at it and say, this is the victory that overcometh White House. Even our faith. <laughs> Glory to God. I said, Glory to God. Amen. What's your persuasion in life? What do you truly believe? Are you listening to me? What is it that you truly believe? You see, if you truly believe in failure, there's no way you can succeed. All you need to do is to change your faith. Because every man will become his faith. Either he likes it or not. Everyone will turn out to be like his faith. It's a love life. Jesus said, be it unto you according to what? My faith? No, your own. Hallelujah. Jesus never said, be it unto you according to my faith. No, he says, be it unto you according to your faith. Hallelujah. So if you truly believe God's word, your action will change. Your perspective to life will change. You don't justify mediocrity just to belong so that you don't, you don't become the one, you know, the one man out. The odd man out. <laughs> Glory to God. See? Now, go back to that Romans 4 and verse 19. Amen? Romans 4 and verse 19. Go back to it. It says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He staggered not. What causes staggering? Why do people stagger? Amen? 
Why did they stagger? Unbelief. Let's not say unbelief. Unbelief is the reason people stagger. The Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Doing what? Giving glory to God. He was giving glory. He was giving glory. He was giving glory. He was thanking God for his faithfulness. Thanking God because God is faithful. Amen. Giving glory to God. Be not weak in faith. Look at verse 21. This is beautiful. And being fully persuaded that, what was his persuasion? What he had promised, he was able also to perform. That was his persuasion. That Abraham did not promise himself that he had made himself a father of many nations. No. It was God that said to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. His persuasion, therefore, was that God was able to make good his word. Able to fulfill what he had promised. Oh, glory to God. You see, that's the highest level of faith. The highest level of faith is not just believing what God has said. The highest level of faith is believing the faithfulness, the integrity, the immutability, unchangeableness of the one who said something to you. In other words, Abraham believed in the faithfulness of God. He counted God faithful. Abraham counted God faithful. Hallelujah. Talk to me. I said Abraham counted God faithful. Can we say that? Abraham counted God faithful. One more time. One more time. Oh, come on, say it out loud. Abraham counted God faithful. So it was an accounting. Hello? You see, this faith business is an accounting. Yeah, it's an accounting. It's accounting. You're accounting God. All right? If the devil says, put him on the debit side, you say, no, he will remain on the credit side forever. He counted God faithful. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Look at verse 22. And therefore, it was imputed to him for what? Righteousness. God says, that's righteousness. That's righteousness for a man to believe that I am faithful and I can do whatever I say I can do. That's righteousness. From that very moment, God called faith what? Righteousness. What is faith? Righteousness. What is faith? Talk to me. What is faith? What is unbelief? Unrighteousness. What is unbelief? What is unbelief? What is faith? That means God said, well, this is right. This is right. I reckon with this. I reckon with this. This is right. This is righteousness. Glory to God.
the children of Israel heard the same gospel that we are hearing today, but that gospel did not profit them because they did not allow it to mix with faith in them. Those who heard the word of God did not mix it with faith. So the gospel did not profit them. They could not profit by the word of God because of unbelief. So what I'm sharing with you is still profiting by the word, right? Believing what God says. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Do you believe the gospel? Do you believe the word of God? Now what has God said to you? What is it that God has said to you? What is his word for you? What is his word for you? What has God said concerning you? Because you see, you cannot truly believe God until you know what God has said concerning you. Amen? I said amen. Now concerning your health, what has God said? Concerning your academics, what has God said? Concerning your marriage, what has God said? Concerning your finances, what has God said? Concerning whatever it is you have to do in the future, what has God said? God has a word for everything you are dealing with. There is a word for everything you are dealing with. There is a word. Amen. I said amen. Say I believe that. Say it again. Say I believe that. Amen. Now let me just say this and then I leave this zone and move to another zone. Amen. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Genesis 1 and verse 26. God said, come, let us make man in, finish it. After, talk to me, in, after, in, after, in, after, talk to me, in, after, in, after. And then God said, and let them, let them do what? Talk to me, church. Let them, let them, let them, come on, let them be dominated, be ruled over, be frustrated. Let them. Church, talk to me. Let them. Over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth. All the. All the. Talk to me. All the. Talk to me all day. Who said that? Who said that? Oh, come on, church, talk to me. Who said that? To whom did he say it? Someone says to man, man somewhere. To whom did he say that? For whose benefit? For whose benefit? <laughs> For whose consideration? For whose faith? 
God never speaks to build his faith. God speaks to give faith to his hearers. So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So when God speaks, his faith is released. God said that for your benefit. Now look at, look at, go back to that Romans, I mean sorry, Genesis 1 and verse 26. But go to 27 please. Can we read verse 27 together? Everybody, one, two, three, let's go. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Did God actually create man in his own image? Talk to me. Did he actually do it? He did it. He did it. He did it. (laughs) Glory to God. That image was thwarted in the first Adam. Amen. And reinstated in the second and the last Adam. In Christ Jesus, there's a recreation. That means the man in Christ is in that image of God. Hallelujah. A recreation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's what? He's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become... How many things have become new? How many things? How many things? How many things? How many things? Your academics as well? Your health? Your marriage? Your finances? Your career? All things are become new. So that means the old is gone, right? We have to deal with what? The new. Let's all say the new. The new. The new. The new. So the man in Christ is in the image of God. First John 4 and verse 4. Read it. First John 4 and verse 4. Amen. Hallelujah. Read it. One, two, three. Let's go. Ye have God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are of God. You see, look at it. It says ye are of God. The word ye or ye. In King James English is you all. Is the plural form of you. Is the plural of you. You see, in contemporary English, you is you. You can say you, come here. You're talking about one person. But if you want to use it in contemporary English, you say you all, come here. But you see, in King James English, it's ye or ye. Ye, come here. That means you all. Look at it. For everyone in Christ and all. In Christ, he says, You are of God. Amen. Take it back to the old KJV. That's that's your bunge one. Amen. Glory to God. Ye are of God. You are. That means there's no exclusion. You are. Nobody's excluded. You all are of God. Say, I am of God. See, if you are here, you are born again, you are of God. If you are not born again, you are not of God yet. You are not of God yet. You can be of God now, if you choose to. All you need to do is to confess Jesus as your Lord. Believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Amen? You'll become of God right there and then, without waiting. You don't have to wait 
until God does it. The very moment you say it, he does it. Hallelujah. See? So the man in Christ is of God. The man in Christ is of God. If you are in Christ, say, I am of God. Come on, say it emphatically. Say, I am of God. Say it with some boldness. Say, I am of God. You see? So he says, the man in Christ, who is of God, is made in the image of God, and after his likeness, he says, that man has been given dominion in the name of Jesus. You see, the devil stole that dominion from the first Adam. Jesus took it back from the devil and then gave it back to Adam. In other words, gave it back to man in his name. That means in that name, we have dominion. How many of you believe that? See? So we have rulership over the whole earth in that name. In the name of Jesus. That means we can rule over exams. Amen? You shouldn't be urinating uncontrollably because you want to enter into an examination or, all right, or your hands are shaking. Rule over that exam. Amen? Some people, they have read and read and read and read and read. Yet, <laughs> they are still afraid. Why? Because they don't know where the question will be coming from. But God knows where. Amen? Uh-huh. And because God knows where the question will be coming from, God can teach you in that exam. The Holy Spirit can direct you. You believe that? Say it. Say, I have dominion in the name of Jesus. One more time. Say, I have dominion in the name of Jesus. Now, note, this is faith. Now, you believe that, then you refuse to consider everything and anything that says that something has power over you. You refuse to consider it. Did you hear that? You refuse to. He says, he considered not his own body, now dead. He considered it not. It was his choice. You refuse to consider it. Hallelujah. You refuse to. (laughs) Glory to God. You refuse to. Whatever says that money has dominion over you, refuse to believe in that. You may not have all the money you need right now, physically speaking. Amen. But the truth is this. Money is under your feet. Say it with your mouth. Say money Money. is under my feet. So God has restated that dominion back to man. Man has it now in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We have that dominion in the name of Jesus Christ. It's ours now. Glory to God. It's ours now. Glory to God. You believe that? You believe that? Say, I believe that. Say it again. Say, I believe that. Now, go to Romans 8 and 28 quickly. Romans 8 and verse 28. Hallelujah. 
And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. How many of us love God here? Say, I love God. I do what he says to do. Yeah. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. How many of you believe God has a great plan for your life? The Bible says, I know the thoughts I have towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And our translation says to give you a hope and a future. And our one says to give you a beautiful destiny. Hallelujah. Lift your right hand and say, God has a great plan for me. I am significant. I'm important in God's plan for my generation. God loves me. He has a great plan for me. He has not given up on me. So I will not give up on myself. Say, say, I will not give up on myself. Say, I will not give up on myself. Hallelujah! So there is nothing that can work against you successfully. Nothing. Did you hear that? Nothing. For there's nothing that can be done against the truth, but for the truth, we have been born of the truth of God's word. Amen? He begat us of the word of truth. You believe that? So talk like it. Do you believe that No matter what happens around you or what is happening around you, you always have the final say. You believe that? Say, I believe it. Come on, say it very well. Say, I believe it. One more time. Say, I believe it. Say it again. Say, I believe it. Now look at Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah 1. We start the reading from verse 3 downwards. Jeremiah. And it came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, Josiah, king of Judah, unto the kind of way of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Verse 4. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying. <laughs> the word of the Lord came unto me, singing. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Let someone say predestination. Foreknowledge. Come on, say, say foreknowledge. Predestination. You see that? He says, before I formed thee in the belly, God formed Jeremiah in the belly. The same way he has formed every one of us in the belly. See that? Before I formed thee in the belly, he says, I knew thee. That means God has foreknowledge of you. Ever before you became a living soul, physically speaking, God had a foreknowledge of you. Foreknowledge, before knowledge. That's what it means. What does that suggest to you? That you are not an accident of creation. 
Someone says, well, my mom conceived me out of wedlock. It was my uncle that mistakenly impregnated my mom. And it happened that I happened. I was a result of that ungodly act. Little wonder things have been very hard for me. Alright? Things don't have to be hard for you because you were born out of wedlock. You didn't cause that, did you? I said, you didn't cause that, did you? Uh-huh. Someone says, well, what, what my, parents caused, my parents caused that. It makes no difference. Alright? The, the point is this. They did what was wrong. Fine. But you, you, you are not wrong. In villages, particularly in Africa, when you want to make pap, you make it out of a very black, you know, pot. I mean, the pots, the covering around is black, ikokodudu. You understand? And then you, you find a kofunfu coming out of it. Praise God. The act that brought you forth was wrong. But you are not wrong. Children are the heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb, his reward. So you are not wrong. Don't go wrong because you came in through a wrong means. Are you listening to me? Many of us came into church today on our legs. Amen. We carried ourselves here. For some of us, we were carried here. Not because, you know, we are sick. Alright, a car helped us. For some, we came on a bike. Amen. The point is this, you have come. Either you came on your legacy bench, or you came on a bike, or you came on a, you know, whatever it is you came with, it makes no difference. Or you came on. It makes no difference. Or you have come. Lord, I have come in the volume of book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. You see, you have arrived. And thank God, you touched ground safely. So you have arrived. Are you listening to me? (laughs) Refuse to go wrong because the car that brought you had flat tires. You have come. Tap your neighbor, say, I came well. So, you see, anybody who has come well, you say, welcome. <laughs> Tap your neighbor, say, I came, well. I came well. So, we are welcome. Come on, say, welcome. You came well. Welcome. Amen? We have come well. Glory to God. My point is, God has a plan for you. Are you listening to me? You can't live your life just anyhow. Why? Because, see... There's such a thing as the foreknowledge of God. God saw you ahead. Ever before the world was, 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 was formed, was made. Ever before time began. God saw you ahead. He had a foreknowledge of you. That's the point here. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. You believe that? And that's why, you see, I have this conviction in my heart. As long as I stick to God's word and I stick to God, walking with him. I will reach my goal. 
it's so clear. It does not matter what is happening around me. I will reach that goal. I was made for a purpose. I was designed for a reason. It must be fulfilled. I came a revelation wrapped up in flesh. Every step I take in time is an unveiling of that revelation. Everywhere Jesus went, he did something that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken. <laughs> hey. So you are the fulfillment of prophecy. Are you listening to me? Uh-huh. God has a plan for you. Don't live a reckless life. No. Don't live like, it's not, is it not my life? Is it not my own life? It is how I like to live that I will live. No. Don't live the way you like to live. Live the way God has designed for you to live. Jesus said, Lo, I have come in the volume of book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Amen. So when he came, he came to do the will of God. Hallelujah. Do you love that? Yeah. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Look at it. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Pre-sanctification. Before men locate what they've been separated unto or separated for, God had separated them ever before they came out of their mother's womb. Pre-sanctification. To sanctify means to separate. You are not common. Tap your neighbor and say, look at me very well. I am not common. You see, God, God proved it to you that you are not common. He gave you a unique fingerprint. No matter how much your fingerprint is even from your wife's. No matter <laughs> how true it is that you are the father of your children. You see, your fingerprint is different from your children's. Even identical twins have different fingerprints. What does that tell you? You were separated for something unique. Something uncommon. You are not a copycat. No. You are not a photocopy. You are the original of the only original God created. If you believe that, shout amen. God has a big plan for your life. It does not matter whether you are dark or you have an oblong face or your nose spreads, you know, graciously. It makes no difference. You have a destiny. You, you were packaged for something. Your wiring is unique. You were wired for something different. Before you came out of your mother's womb, you were sanctified. So don't live a common life. Don't live just anyhow. Find and discover why you came. Find, locate, and discover why God has preserved your life thus far. You carry a unique destiny. 
Tap someone beside you say, I am sanctified. Say it again. Say, I am sanctified. Someone says, no, you, shall, you, you ought to be or you, 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 you should be sanctified. He said, no, I, I was sanctified before I came out of my mother's womb. Can you imagine? Pre-sanctification. It means you were separated. You know, in our father's house, for those who grew up in a very cultural setting, daddy had special plates, true or false. Ah, you better don't touch those plates. <laughs> Even mommy, the way mommy would carry those plates, you know, oh, those plates were precious. <laughs> All right? And then daddy had a special seat. <laughs> a special chair somewhere. You know, in the sitting room, daddy had a special, special chair. In the dining Daddy has a spe- you know. Daddy was sanctified. You have a special calling. You have a special destiny. That was why you came to a special school. <laughs> you have a, you see that's why you cannot just marry anybody. You have a special wife. If you are married, you tap your wife. Say, oh, my special wife. <laughs> That's why you, can, you cannot just ride just any car. You have a special car. Someone said, well, it's like, it's like you are too tall. There's no such thing. You have a special height. Someone said, well, you are too short. No! You have a special height. In your special destiny, there is nobody like you. So if you are taller than myself, you are too tall. If you are shorter than myself, you are too short. If you are fatter than who I am, if you are if you are <laughs> if you are darker than myself, you are the perfect you God created. So that means when God was to create you, he had to take time to create you specially. Everyone in this world was created specially. Glory to God. So he says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. When God was done with creating you, when he was done rather creating you, he looked at you. He looked at you. When he was done creating you, he looked at you. He said, ha! Hey! He said, what? 
Man. That means when God was done creating you, he surprised himself. So I made him. I made her. Wow. You know, when, when God was done creating you, he said, wow. Look at your neighbor say, wow. You see, please listen. No, we no man after the flesh. If you are looking at the way the person looks physically, uh, if you judge people by sight, zero F. If you judge them by look, zero F. If you judge them by first impression, zero F. The Bible says to judge righteous judgment. Look intently. When you have a seed in your hand, you look at it and say, I have a seed in my hand. God says zero. Say, I have a tree in my hand. God says zero F. Amen. You have a forest in your hand. And then, oh, should I share this and let's close with this? Oh, Pastor, thank you very much. God bless you. Oh. I'm already salivated. <laughs> uh, hey. You see, what I'm about to share with you is a bombshell. If I let it down here, there will be an explosion. Are you ready for it? Can you handle it? <laughs> hey. Hey, I'm just, where do I come from? From this side or from that side? Are you ready? On your mark! Romans 12 and verse 2. I want to show you something about man. Oh, thank God for the word of God. He says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Look at the word transformed there. It means transfigured. Metamorpho. It means to transfigure. And be ye transformed how? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be transformed, transfigured. Oh. Hi. A butterfly is a good example. The first phase of development is what? The egg. The second phase of development is what? The lava, the third phase, the pupa, and then the what? The adult, the imago, the adult. Now look up, please. At first sight of the egg, having not seen a butterfly before and having not known that butterflies transform or transfigure through that path of transfiguration or process of change, all right, you wouldn't be able to name that egg. 
You can't call that egg butterfly. What do you call it? An egg. But you see, in the actual sense of it, that egg is not an egg in that sense. It's a butterfly in transition. A butterfly in transfiguration. A butterfly in what? Transformation. If you look at the lava, the lava does not look like a butterfly. All right? The lava crawls, right? The pooper too crawls. But you see, the adults, the butterfly flies. It tells you, look, do not judge yourself based on where you are at presently. You are in transit. You are in transformation. You are in transfiguration. Are you listening to me? And then the Lord says something to me. I want to give you the bombshell now. I just wanted you to get it from here first. Have you internalized this one? Okay, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. It says, but we all with what? Open face beholding as in a glass the glory of God. The glory of God. What do we behold in a glass? The glory of God. Not the weakness of man. The glory of God are changed. Are what? Changed. Does that sound like transformation? Yes. Does that sound like transfiguration? Yes. Are changed into the same image of what? What we saw in the glass. What did we see? Glory of God. Oh, wait, wait, I mean, uh, relax. Oh. <laughs> relax. Oh. <laughs> Man, you want to scream? You, you should roll on the floor. Are changed into the same image from glory to what? From glory to what? Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, when you behold the mirror or the glass of God's word, you do not see your weakness, you see the glory of God. How, what is the development state or face or level of God's glory? How developed is that glory? No, talk to me. Let's want to say perfection. One more time, say perfection. Beautiful. The glory of God is perfect. He says, when you see that glory, you are changed from one level of glory to another level of glory. As you keep seeing, you keep seeing, ah, and then you keep changing. What does that tell you? It tells you the transformation of man is unending. That tells you that God created man with the capacity to ever change and to become ever glorious without any end. You see, let me tell you something. A time will come 
that they will introduce who you used to be to you. And you say, I don't know. I don't know that person. Did I, did I ever meet that person? He <laughs> said, you remember when you used to? Said, when, when was that? Because there's another level of glory. You can't fit in into that form anymore. If you go on that scale, you will just scale. Do you understand what I'm saying? It tells you that man, man is ever transforming, ever increasing, ever changing. Until we reach that fullness. Oh. What am I saying here? I'm saying that you have come to a point in your life that you don't give up on yourself. There is so much about you that you have not yet discovered. What is in you is bigger than this world. What you have to offer is too much for this world to contain. Your potential is so great that God said, yes, I have created the earth, but you have to create a world big enough to contain who you are. I have given you my word. You will create a world big enough to contain you. And as you grow bigger, you create a bigger one. What I'm saying in essence is this. You are too much. Amen. God, when he was done creating you, looked at you and said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. What does that tell you? It tells you that there's so much about you that you have not yet discovered. There's so much about your potentials. So much about your destiny. Someone says, well, I'm an average student. It's a lie. It's a lie. God never made any man average. Failures are not the works of God's hands. Failures are self-made. There is no system in this world that can fail you. Oh. Did you get that? Whatever you accept as your status quo, that's your status quo. If you say no to it, it changes. It tells you that man has not yet reached that development stage. The glory of God is our limit, not sky. As we behold, we see God's glory and we are changed. So how big is God's glory? How developed is God's glory? How perfect is God's glory? So you don't play too. We don't play too. Are you listening to me? You never reach a place where you call a table land. The path of the just. <laughs> the path of the just. The path of the just. The, the path of the just. It can only be better. It can only be bigger. It can only be greater. It can only be broader. It can only be deeper. It can only be higher. Many of you here, some of you think your parents, ah, they know you very well. No, they have not yet discovered you. 
Sometimes as you grow and walk with God and increase in measures of glory, you have to reintroduce you to you. At every point in time, you have to keep introducing yourself to yourself. And then before you can swallow that, you have changed again to another <laughs> And then you drop that pit. You want to swallow another one. That's the kind of life God has designed for you. You are not ordinary. You are a special breed. Without greed. Are you listening to me? As we close with this truth, <laughs> understand that this is not all about you. When people say they want to label you based on your circumstances, don't take their labeling. Oh, poor woman. Poor woman. You better remove that label from you. All right? You are still an egg, and people are calling you egg, egg, egg. I say, yeah, that's who I am. You are not an egg. You are a butterfly. I'm using that first analogy. Do you understand what I'm saying here? And then you look like a lava. And we say, <laughs> look at lava. I say, yeah. No. You see, if you take that name, you, you may be a lava forever. Refuse it. Don't let people give you circumstantial names. Average student. Slow to assimilate. Poor man. Bloody civil servant. Bloody civilian. Struggling old man. You remember, you remember that girl that came? Alright, you see, particularly when you see people who describe other people based on their circumstances, alright? <laughs> there are people who judge after the flesh. Look up, everybody. Thank God, Zechariah could write, though he was dumb, he couldn't speak. But the father of John could write. And when it was time to name the baby. And then they said, what's the name of this baby? What's the baby going to be called? You know, they wanted to call him Zechariah. Zechariah Jr. Listen, you are not a junior to anybody. You are a unique you. There's no senior of you. There's no junior of you. There was only one Kenneth Egan. Amen. We had Kenneth Egan Jr. Nobody knew him as Kenneth Egan. There was only one Kenneth Egan. Trying to live like his father would be a waste of time. One Kenneth Egan. There's one you. And so Zechariah wrote, The name shall be called John. Let's all say John. Say it again. Say it again. John simply means John. 
They came to him and said, Who are you? Who are you? Are you Elijah? Are you this? Are you that? <laughs> you know, the man said something. He said, I'm a voice. I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare you the way of the Lord, make straight his path. The man knew himself. Don't let people put labors on you that you don't bear. So your transfiguration is endless, right? That means you go from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. When you get to a point in your life and people gather around you to celebrate you that, ah, you have arrived. Tell them you are still you are still in transit. Amen. That means you're transforming every day. Someone says, well, uh, I know Pastor Shegun, that's my pastor. You don't know me. You have, you have not met me before. Because the me or I you met last week is a different person today. Are you listening to me? You can never meet me enough. You can never meet me sufficiently. You're always meeting me. You're always meeting me. You're always meeting me. Even my wife, you say, ah, I know my husband. You have not yet known me enough. <laughs> and I want to say this. After this meeting, not only will you surprise people around you, you will surprise yourself. Yeah. If you believe it, jump to your feet and shout a bigger Amen. If you believe it, jump to your feet and shout a bigger amen. You will surprise yourself. You look at yourself and say, who just said that? Who, who just did that? Who just did that? Who just did that? Who, who, who? You say, well, I need to meet that person. The person who just said that. Amen. If you are here, you are not born again. You're missing out on so much that God has to offer. It's your opportunity to run to the altar and get saved today. Amen? Close your eyes, everybody. I want to draw the net. God has a plan for you. It's only in Christ that you can fulfill it. If you are not yet born again, lift up your right hand high above your head. Lift, lift it high above your head. You are not yet born again. Lift it high. Fast. Quick, quick, quick. Lift it high above your head. It's time to get saved. Lift it high above your head now. We know you've been blessed by this message. For further information and details on how to be a partner, please contact Shagul Badger Teaching Ministries on plus 234-7066-453122 or Plus two three four eight zero six zero one triple zero nine three. Stay blessed.